it was amazing because like, you know, mom let us pray and the kids were sort of saying, Amen, Amen. And this is a great time to start talking about it. <laughs> um, so we just had a really good time of fellowship in the front yard. Mom was a bit embarrassed, the house wasn't the best, but by the end of it, she just she was just so blown away. She was really blown away. And um, before we went to go and take this um, to them, we actually went last Sunday straight up to church. We went to take it to them. And um, mum said that they'd just be broken too. So um, to get there after that was such a huge blessing. And she actually sort of just messaged me after and said, the kids can't hand for Christmas. And they said, say thank you again. So yeah, bless you, kids. That's amazing. It's so good, isn't it? To actually see how what seed you're sowing, what it's practically doing. Um, you know, the Bible says it's best to give than to receive. And so this is why we wanted to do this. Because you're experiencing why the Bible says it is better to give than to receive. And it's important to see the impact that your generosity has. So thank you, Lilani, for nominating, nominating that amazing family. Let's have a look at this next family. And this is Leanne uh, there down the bottom right-hand side, beautiful mom to three boys, and so Sulu um, nominated this uh, wonderful family, but Lalani, I'll have a half, you're going to come up again, thank you Lalani, share what's, uh, how it's going Yeah, um, Leanne was, um, so this family, they basically, uh, not to give too much away, but uh, relationship breakdown, uh, mum was left with kids, um, basically all the, they just kind of said, I can't do this anymore, I'm going to go. Lecture with all the bills, everything. She's been struggling with no work, but um, she wouldn't take a photo with us on the day, but she actually sent this message and the photo afterwards. So um, I just want to read this. I want to make sure it's from them. Um, and Leanne says, My heart is full of joy. Thank you so much for the lovely gifts. I'm speechless. I'm truly grateful. Thank you so much. The wonderful expressions of my boys when receiving their gifts. Thank you, Forever House. I am in awe of this act of kindness and generosity. My boys shout out thank you and Merry Christmas. Yes. Yes, that's really <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's Leanne and the boys, second family. So we'll now um, go to the next slide, please, number three. And so uh, this is Joe Rickett and her family. Now we've left the description up there because this has been a sensitive you know, time for them. And Matthew's gonna, in a moment, come up and share. Um, uh, Matthew works with Joe, and so Joe um, is a, uh, a mother whose son uh, had an unfortunate accident on the Pacific Highway. He lost his life and left behind his partner and two children. And so it just happened before Christmas, devastating time. Um, and so we wanted to be a blessing to the family, um, provide a presence for their children, a gift hamper, and also financial assistance um, at that time. And so uh, we'll welcome up Matthew to share how that family was impacted. Thanks, Matt. It's got to be getting just sort of shaken just from, from that and from worship. So it's just it's crazy. Anyways, those who don't know me, I'm Matt. Um, I just want to share, I know I don't have a photo per se, because obviously what happened was tragic. Um, and from what I've been told from extended family and friends of Joe, she sort of kept under the radar a bit. Um, which is which is fine. I didn't want to go further too far in. Um, from what I do know um, is that the people that she's worked with, the friends that she's made, <coughs> uh, said that she was hard to reach. She wouldn't answer her phone, um, which is pretty much go straight to voicemail. Um, 
but obviously they will keep on trying and trying to tell that we're there to support her and to for anything that she needs that we'll be there, which is good. However, I did find out that she had a stepbrother who works with me also, Danny, and um, which is really tragic because how he's connected to the family is through the son that passed away somehow. So um, he's quite shaken up as well, which is really sad. Um, however, I did get to talk to him and, and he said that um, coming towards the date of Christmas, she kind of sort of a little bit connected a little bit more with the extended family a little bit, and obviously that got more and more as they come. So I think um, the putting together of the gift that um, us as a church has put together that we gave her, which, by the way, within 24 hours is hard, so thank you, Pastor Brad and Sarah, for that, um, and all of you who contributed. Um, I wasn't able to actually give it to her because I was told that she was going to make an appearance at work on the Friday, However, she didn't turn up, which again, I can understand whatever happened. I just pray for her in that. Um, however, I was able to give it to Danny, and he picked it up after he finished work, and then he went to her house on the Sunday, the following Sunday, and he said that she, he had never seen her so lit up before. Um, just a, an abundance of thankfulness and gratefulness to us as a church for what we've put together for her in this season, which like you said, is perfect for giving. Um, and yeah, he he himself actually is kind of like, he calls himself a Christian, but I don't think he's quite plugged in, if you know what I mean. But even he said, this has renewed my sort of hope and my faith in what God does through other people who are faithful and who are you know, givers as well. So I think all in all, I think this is a massive seed that's gone into that family. Um, and I, I, I can't imagine what that's like to go through something like that on Christmas, you know, losing a son, which leaves behind two boys at the age of five. Um, it's, it's beyond words. So I just want to thank you all who, who contributed to it. Um, I was honored to be a part of this blessing project. I think it's a great practical thing the church do often. Um, and yeah, I'm sure she was blessed and, you know, obviously we're blessed in return for that. So. So thank you all and us as well as Sarah as well. Thanks, Matt. Good on you. And we'll look at this fourth family now that we were able to bless. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, uh, we kind of kept this a little bit uh, of mystery, you know. Um, this is a so someone nominated uh, Brian, these beautiful children, as a member of our church to bless uh, this family at this time. So that was Marcia, beautiful Marcia, who uh, nominated Brian and his children. And so there's Marcia and Brian, Brian receiving. So with uh, this gift, we, uh, the church provided a voucher, Woolworths voucher for Christmas lunch, and also um, some new clothes for the, for the twins, and uh, doing uh, you know, the right thing in terms of providing things that were practical and would really help Brian out. Um, and so uh, we love Brian, we love his family. So more yeah. about Marcia to share how this family was impacted. Anyway, um, I don't know anything that's outside of the church building. That's okay, sweetheart. 
sometimes, you know, when we hear stories like that, it's, it's, it is an emotional time because it's a time when we think about families. And um, So on behalf of Marcy, I want to first of all thank you for nominating um, this beautiful family. And um, what I love about this photo is that smile on Brian's face. I think that picture right there says a thousand words, doesn't it? And, um, and what I also love is Marcia, your eyes there, it's love, but it's determination. I love that intense determination about who you are. You're very generous as well. But, you know, this, this is a, a man who we love and we believe in. And, uh, you know, he hasn't had uh, the easiest journey, uh, but he is definitely someone who uh, keeps getting back up when sometimes life knocks him, knocks him down. And so it was great for us to nominate for us to bless them. You know, twins and having other children, but particularly having twins. Um, you know, I couldn't imagine what uh, that's like. Sometimes when I go away and Sarah's looking after our girls, uh, you know, she says to me, well, I just had a week, you know, knowing what it feels like to be a single parent um, and not having the support of the extra hands. And, and so, uh, you know, uh, life sometimes is challenging without children, but with children they're a blessing, but who knows that uh, it can make it tough, particularly um, if you're, you're kind of by yourself a little bit. So, you know, but Brian has an amazing family as well. And we want to honor the Robinsons here. Uh, they are an amazing family. that such loyal, giving, generous people, and I know they, they provide so much support to him, but it was great for us as an extended church family for extra support this time, so I know that will be blessed in that. So let's pray for these four families, but let's also pray um, for God to stir afresh within our hearts the power of generosity and how it is a blessing to look beyond our own world and look for other people in need. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this time right now. Even though Christmas has happened and we're leading up to New Year's Eve, I thank you, God, that in this place right now, your spirit is here, your presence is evident. And I thank you, Lord, for this church. Lord, as we've sowed this seed into the community, we've blessed these four families practically, Lord. But we thank you, Lord, for the seed of the revelation of who you are, God. That you're a generous God. That you're the ultimate example of giving. You're the ultimate example of love. Lord, that as we've practically supported these families, Lord, that that seed of who you are would be revealed and would grow stronger in those families' hearts. Lord, we pray for all of the children who've been impacted. We thank you, Father, that they would even spontaneously uh, be excited to pray, to reach out to you, yes, to ask uh, who you are, to start asking questions. Lord, for all the parents uh, in these families that have been struggling, that have been working hard, Father, we pray, Lord, that you would bring comfort, that you would bring a new sense of hope as they go into a new year. We thank you, Lord, you pour out your blessing and your favor upon these four families. But we also thank you, Lord, for this church family. We thank you, Lord, that this family here, Forever House, is called to impact the community. Amen. Lord, it's called to be in the extended of our arm of Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that you would even refresh our hearts, Lord, that as we look beyond ourselves, we look beyond our immediate needs, and we look to the needs of others, and we look to be a response to those needs, Father. Lord, that you bless us, and Lord, it's better to give than it is to receive. So bless people's hearts here afresh, Lord, as they hear this testimony of how other families are being impacted by us at Christmas time. In Jesus' mighty name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. So let's praise God for what he's done for our goodness. Amazing.
just practically also wanted to let you know um, that we had an opportunity for our children to be part of worship this morning. Over the summer, we've got a little bit more of a consolidated kids program. So it was great to have our kids here enjoying worship. But if you're um, in the auditorium as a parent and your child's still in the auditorium, you do have an option now as we transition into the teaching and the word that you can take them into Studio One, which is the first studio with the wooden floor over on the other side of the building. And you can plug them into the consolidated uh, kids program today that's being run by Nankus. Uh, who is one of our kids' church facilitators. Uh, so if you want to do that, that's fine. You can do that now. Uh, I know most of the kids have already made that transition, but we just wanted to let you know in case we had some parents who were wondering. That's an option for you. Okay, who's ready for the work? All right. Well, I wanted to finish off 2019 as we transition into 2020, or probably better said 2020, uh, with a message on encouraging us to be thankful. To be thankful. To count our blessings. Amen. To be thankful for what God has done in our lives because it's a powerful attitude. It's a powerful way to, to give perspective to your world and your life. And I felt today the Lord said that what better way to finish a year, what better way to finish a season and going into a new season in actually being thankful. Being thankful. And I wanted to share a little story. You know, at Christmas time, and it's not just Christmas time, but in the shopping centres, particularly your Woolworths and your Coles, and your, I'm not so sure if it happens as much in Aldi's or whatever, but you know when you go to typical supermarkets, um, not just at Christmas time, throughout the year as well, there are little promos that happen where little people are in the corner of the aisles and they've got a certain food brand and they've got their little kind of trolley there and they're promoting free food because they're trying to whet your appetite to something that's coming out, something that might be new, a little bit different, a new brand, a new version of something. And they invite you to come and taste this free food. Who has ever experienced that before, right? And so uh, I wanted to share a story of, you know, one time, this is a little while ago, but there was a um, time when we were shopping and. Um, Sarah is amazing in a supermarket. Um, apart, you know, when she goes to normal shopping centers, you know, where there's lots of department stores, Sarah's a little bit more spontaneous. Sarah sees that type of shopping, you know, where there's like a whole shopping center. Let's say if it's Westfield Garden City, just down the road. Sarah approaches shopping more in that way, like it's a theme park. You know what I'm saying? So it's an experience, it's enjoyable, it's kind of you know, kind of going here and going there. Where I go to a shopping center like that, I don't want to plan, I don't know how long it's going to take, what do we need to do, what's going to happen first, second, third. The idea of just kind of roving around a shopping center with no specific plan of attack, to me is not an example of joy. But when it comes to food shopping or grocery shopping, my wife is a machine. She has it all... Um, kind of nutted out on her iPhone. She's got everything. She's, she puts the lists in order based on the aisles. And I just watch her, right? And I just kind of follow like a puppy dog behind her in awe of her systematic approach when it comes to grocery shopping. And so our girls love it because mummy's very, you know, she knows exactly what she wants. And so they have the opportunity of begging her for the little extras. Can we have this? Can we have that? And sometimes mummy might cave and sometimes... 
Mummy's very good at not caving as well. And so it's fun to watch the girls interact and watch Sarah go on her journey of grocery shopping. And so sometimes what gives me the opportunity to do is just kind of hang back and just chill out. Uh, and, you know, I kind of observe a little bit. So uh, one time there was this display where they were um, offering new brands of cheesecake. And I love cheesecake. Who here loves cheesecake? Oh, Sarah probably isn't even aware that this even happened, but uh, she gets so focused when she does grocery shopping, right? And um, I'm usually a savoury kind of guy. I'm not, you know, I always say to people, to understand how savoury I am, if Jesus came down from heaven right now and was standing in front of me in flesh and blood, and he offered me an opportunity for the rest of my life to only eat savoury food, not eat anything sweet, but I could eat, eat whatever I wanted in terms of savoury food, as much cabanara pasta I wanted, pizza, whatever, potato bake, all that kind of stuff. To say yes to as much savoury as I wanted, but I couldn't eat dessert or anything sweet, I would sign that contract without any hesitation. That's how much of a savoury I am. <laughs> Having said that, when it comes to cheesecake, I can be very quickly persuaded to run towards cheesecake, unfortunately. So I like cheesecake. And uh, is anyone here feeling hungry by the <laughs> My apologies. Uh, so they were offering, uh, you know, these new little kind of just bite-sized pieces of cheesecake. And it was popular. There was a couple. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to have a piece of cheesecake. I'm waiting behind this couple of these families. And I remember one uh, family, the mother was there with a little girl. And the little girl was very eager and keen. And she, as the, the lady who was promoting the cheesecake, didn't even finish, you know, handing the offering, here you go, which one, she just snapped it off her and gobbled it down, right? Who's ever watched Charlie Chocolate or Willy Wonka and the Charlie, I was about to say that wrong, Willy Wonka and the, the Chocolate Factory, right? Uh, you know some of those characters, the kids, I can't remember the name of, what's the one that we talk about all the time? There's two, two of the female girls are quite strong. Violet. Yeah, Gustav's is, is the chocolate one, but what's the one that's really kind of like, I want it, and I want it now? Violet. Veruca. Yeah, Violet's the one that does the blueberry. You know that Veruca personality? Like, I want it now! You know that personality? So this little girl was kind of like that style of personality. Very intense, like, I want it, and I want it now, right? And so she just snapped it off this lady. And you could tell that the mother was embarrassed. And she said, darling, remember? What do you say to the lady? And the little girl looked up her mother, turned to the lady and said, I want another one! <laughs> Not thank you so much. Thank you so much for that cheese. Thank you so much for the opportunity to try your cheesecake. Thank you so much for that free food. No. I want another one! And I want to start with that story because I think sometimes in life, rather than actually strategically being thankful, everyone say respond. Respond. Rather than responding with a spirit of thankfulness, we can sometimes be so quick to move on to the next request. I want another thing. I want the next thing. And we miss out on the power of thankfulness. Because thankfulness actually has a direct impact on our mental health. It has a direct impact on our ability to balance our focus and our perspective or not just focusing on the next thing that we need or, or that we want, but actually celebrating, locking in and consolidating the goodness 
of what we have received or what's happened. And not that life is always a series of good things happening in a row. We know that life is hard. But when we intentionally, everyone say intentionally. Intentionally. So when we have the intent to deliberately focus on what we can be thankful for, it helps to create a balance, a solid ground, an equilibrium for us to be able to walk out this life. If we're constantly fixated and focus on the things that we want or that we need, uh, it, help, it, it brings an instability to our thought life. It brings an instability to our soul. And this is why the Bible works very hard in its teaching to encourage us to be intentional about being thankful. And I felt the Lord was saying he wants us to be intentional as we end 2019 to be thankful for what God has done in our world as a great way to enter a brand new season. And so I've got this thought here I want you to just ponder on as we go deeper into the Word. I've got some scriptures that I want to reveal in a moment. But I want you to think about this. Sometimes are we more anxious to receive and too careless to give thanks? Let me just say that again. Sometimes, so it's a question. It's a question I want you to ask yourself. Sometimes, <laughs> Are we more anxious to receive and too careless to give thanks? So the Bible actually has over 144. Turn the person next to you and say, that's a lot. 144 mentions, references of giving thanks. And yet, sometimes we're more ready, we're more intentional to grumble criticize, expect more, and not acknowledge the honor, the honor of giving thanks. And so again, I want us to look at how can we frame this last Sunday of 2019. I think sometimes we can focus on the new year only once December 31st clicks over. Oh, the new year's resolutions, right? But I want to encourage you, in this last week of the year, even the last couple of days, when is New Year's? I think it's Tuesday or Wednesday, right? I want you to, don't wait until New Year's Eve. Don't wait until January 3. Don't wait until January 8. Start now, everyone say now. now. To intentionally, particularly during this time, most people have a little bit of nice downtime, right? I think it would be powerful to be intentional around what you're thankful for. And so let's have a look at some scripture here to encourage us. In Luke chapter 17, verse 11, we're going to have a look at this. It says, Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus, at Jesus' feet, and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Think about it for a moment. Jesus' response to this one man coming back was, right, 
One of you has come back to be thankful for your breakthrough. One has come back to be thankful for being cleansed. One has come back for receiving a miracle. But where are the other nine? So Jesus was interested in not only this man's thankfulness, but Jesus was also interested in the nine others' lack of thankfulness. God is interested in, are we intentional in thanking him for what he's done? He is interested, church. Amen. He puts value on it. Yes, he, does. he wants you and I to take a moment to take time to give thanks to him, to honor him for what he's done. He is interested to see, will you take time not just to think about what's the next thing that you want, what's the next thing that you're believing for, what's the next goal that you're hoping will manifest before you. God's all for that. But he wants to see, are you willing to take a portion of your time and thank him? And thank him. Amen. In a moment, we're going to realize the benefits and why it's powerful spiritually to be thankful, but to be intentionally thankful. We'll go back to this scripture here in Luke. And it says here, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? What's interesting here, I want you to catch this, because I think it's a powerful revelation. Jesus not only said, I'm interested in this one has decided to intentionally, notice the scripture says to turn back, to go back to God. See, when you give thanks, you can't actually be just fixated on the next thing. You actually have to cost yourself to turn back to your God to actually put on hold your thoughts and your plans of the next thing, of the next season, of the next wish, of the next prayer, of the next goal, of the next dream. Come on, church. And you have to turn back and go to your God. There's an intention it takes a sacrifice of your time, of your focus, to give thanks to the Lord. But what's interesting is not only does it highlight that he turned to go back to Jesus, but then Jesus asked the question, not only there's one and there's nine who are unthankful, but he highlighted, of the one that was thankful, you are a foreigner. Meaning, he wasn't of that particular tribe. He wasn't of that particular clan. He wasn't of that particular, he wasn't a direct representative of the family, of the community, of the township that was closer linked to the inner circles and connections and relationships in which Jesus was interacting with. So what God is highlighting in scripture is that sometimes a spirit of familiarity can cause you to not be thankful. When you're too familiar with people, places, situations, circumstances, seasons, God himself, it can cause you to not 
be intentional about being thankful. And so God's highlighting this. Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. And so Jesus is jealous. Turn to the person next to you and say, jealous. He's jealous for our affection and recognition. Now, what do we mean by jealous? Okay, I'm not talking in terms of um, a fleshy jealous. I'm talking about that God actually is wanting that sense of connection with us that we would want to give him attention and focus and honor about what he's done in our life. He is deeply interested in receiving thankfulness from people. Only one out of the ten lepers returned to give thanks to Jesus, showing on average one out of ten people. Now, I'm not making this as a blanket statement, but it's saying here 10% of the people in that situation were thankful. 10% of the people were thankful. Now, notice what was the benefit to this person. So the lepers were made cleansed. I want you to catch this. See, leprosy is an example, obviously, of a disease. What does a disease represent? It represents restriction, limitation, a curse. But these lepers were made cleansed. They received their miracle. But the one who came back, oh, please pay attention to this next point, because it could really help some people here today as you go into your new season. The one who came back and was intentional about being thankful for being cleansed was then told to stand and rise, go forth, and you are, named, you are now made well. Everyone say well. Well. If you look at the word cleansed, it talks about healing. It talks about that you know a disease is taken away from you. But the word well is a lot more holistic in definition. Well means not only physically are you well. Come on now. Not only physically, but emotionally, in your thought life, in your identity. Come on now. There's a holistic wellness that not only impacts your physical body, but it impacts your soul. It impacts your destination. It impacts the momentum on your life. It impacts your thought life. As a man thinks, so he is. Jesus was showing that by being thankful, not only do you receive a miracle or breakthrough, but by being thankful for the good things that God does in your life, it actually makes you well. It brings balance to your soul. It restores mental health to you. It helps you to look into the next season and say, you know what? I'm not just someone who's healed from leprosy. I'm someone who has a strong relational connection with God, and I'm well. Everything is well about me. My future is well. My destiny is well. My mindset is well. My identity is well. Everything about me is well. I am moving forward with a declaration from my God that I am well, that I am whole. Thankfulness brings wellness yes. to our soul. Yes. Amen. How do I know this? Recently, my beautiful girls were ridiculously blessed around Christmas time, particularly my wonderful eldest daughter who just turned six because she had a birthday on the 20th of December. And so on the 20th of December, we did the whole, bye, 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 
it's your birthday. Woohoo! Here are all your birthday presents. Unwrap, 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 unwrap. Now, can I tell you that on that morning, it was our birthday on the 20th of December, I counted what, 11, 12, maybe 15 minutes, and all of her presents were unwrapped. Wow. And I'm like, as a parent, I'm like, is that it? All that effort and all that work, and I really didn't put as much effort. It's all Sarah's work, right? But even as a dad, so, okay. And obviously, you, you know, you, you have like full of time and lunch for a birthday. But then, right, we have a party for her where other family members come, and then she got more presents for her birthday. Right, that was the next day on December twenty-first. Right, and then, right. I think we had someone else who gave us some presents the next day because they couldn't make it to the party. And then we get to Christmas. And there's all these presents. And so I strategically said to Sarah, okay, whoa, 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 Christmas morning. We're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to be specific about alternating. So one child opens one gift, and then the other child waits and then opens their gift and we alternate like that because I want to slow this thing down a little bit, right? I want to just enjoy a little bit so it's not as big world with the wrapping and, you know, let's just slow it down a little bit. And so that was good. But then later that day, Christmas, more extended family, have Christmas lunch, more presents. And then the next day, my family down the Gold Coast, more presents. Everyone say presents overload. Presents overload. <sighs> and poor Sarah, I mean, she's very good. Right? My wife is ridiculously talented. Okay? If anyone wants IKEA furniture put together, you call Sarah. She's and so when it comes to like putting toys together or unwrapping things, you know that really hardcore plastic? You get your scissors out of the thing and you think, these scissors are really struggling to open up this. You know that hardcore plastic that wraps around those toys? It's like anyway, so by the time we kind of ended the presence overload, Sarah was like there was one present that Sarah still hadn't opened at that time. She left it on the coffee table. And we kind of went home that day, and I think Zara was thinking about opening it up, and Sarah was just like, oh, I'm so sick of opening up presents. Presents overload. What's my point to this story? My point to this story is that when it comes to the, 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 the whole series of presents overload and things like that, it was interesting because I noticed because my daughter Zara is amazing, but she's human, and she's growing and she's learning. And I could just see that the more that she was receiving, and the more that she was receiving, because she had her birthday and her Christmas, and it was just like, it was like we had shares in a toy store. It was just getting slightly ridiculous. And I just noticed that her behavior was bit by bit, bit by bit, bless her, she's beautiful, we love her, but she's human, she's not perfect, was becoming deteriorating. <laughs> um, when she asked for the next lolly or the next treat or a hot chocolate, she had all these presents, and mommy and daddy said, no, we started to see this. <laughs> no. I want it. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> I want that lolly. You know the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory character we're talking about? And I'm like, what's happening to my daughter? <laughs> and then I thought, you know what? This is an example of when our life is fixated, marinated, when we just focus on receiving. 
And it doesn't how much we're receiving, whether it's a little bit or it's a lot. It kind of gets to a place where it's just kind of never enough. And I want to still demand, I want to still complain. And also there were some things where we were starting to get a bit whingy. Whingy about having to get in the car, and whingy about the song that was playing in the car, complaining about this. And I just got to the point where, Zara, we need to have a discussion about your behavior. Now, thank goodness she's broken through and we're seeing some good improvement. But I can't tell you, it's an example of when we're so fixated on who here has ever been on a cruise? Dan and Holly know this story very well of Sarah and I, because of this particular cruise, Holly came on when she was working with us and um, being a fantastic nanny to our girls, she came on this cruise with us and Greg and Julie, our beautiful parents, introduced cruising to us, right? They're like the cruise gurus, right? If ever you want insight on how to do cruising well, get advice from Greg and Julie. So they introduced us to cruising, but We'd only done seven night cruises before, and this was the first cruise we thought we'd do in Australia, and it was like 12 nights, we thought this is gonna be epic. No. <laughs> Not seven nights, and almost double, 12 nights. And the first six were great. The next two up to eight, not so great. And the last four were very troubling. Because day by day, night by night, it's time to go, but what happened was, the 5,000 or so guests on this crazy-sized cruise ship going from Australia to New Zealand and back to Australia again, bit by bit, were basically getting fleshier and fleshier and fleshier and fleshier and more winky, more demanding, more complaining as the cruise went on. Why? Because every single day, repeatedly, like a domino effect, they just kept receiving, receiving. Yes, I'll have some more hash browns. For free. Yes, I'll order that pizza at 2 a.m. for free. Yes, you will wait on me. Yes, I'll have that nice beverage by the pool as I lay in the sun. Yes, I'll go on that tour. Yes, I'll do this. Yes, yes, thank you. Yes, yes, you can pick up my plate. Yes, um, we've run out of potato gems. Can you please order some more? And everyone's saying, right away, yes, right away, right away, right away. So everyone say receiving overload. Receiving yes. overload. And we got to the point whereby I think it was morning nine. I'll never forget this story for the rest of my life. I'm standing there and I like potato gems and hash browns. And so I'm going there to get my latest, you know, ninth load, like ninth morning of potato gems in a row. <laughs> and I notice there are none there. Mm -hmm. But there's another lady next to me. And at the same time, she also notices they're not there. And I'm usually a very proactive, probably sometimes a bit too more too proactive for Sarah's liking. I'm a proactive communicator when it comes to service. So I don't hesitate to find someone and say, hey, can I highlight something here? We probably need to see if we can get some more potato gems. So as I went to proactively communicate, notice I framed it like that, proactively communicate. This lady beat me to it. But she did it in a slightly different way that I planned to. She went, um, excuse me, where are the potato gems? Oh, I'm sorry, ma'am. Um, I'll, I'll go and get a fresh load straight away. She's like, well, hurry up. Oh, Off he oh, runs. Wow. And he comes back, and he's not carrying any potato gems. And he says, ma'am, yes, ma'am, I need to let you know that the chef has just told me that unfortunately we've run out of potato gems. Oh, no. 
And she said, what? <laughs> well, you need to go wherever the rest of them are and find them and cook them up and fill this thing because I need my potato chips. I've had potato chips every morning and I'm not missing out on my potato chips. And he said, no, you don't understand that. The whole ship, we completely run out of potato gems, and one of being one of our most favorite items on the breakfast buffet. So for the rest of the cruise, we will no longer be offering potato gems. Oh, <laughs> man. This is her reaction. Just went on and on, and she went crazy, like starting to like spit was flying out of her mouth. She was banging her fist on the side of the buffet. Even other food was starting to bounce out of the metal tray, like it was a full manifestation of anger. Over potato gems. Turn to the person next to you and say, "Receiving overload." It was so funny because I remember that night, it had to have been that story and maybe other stories that had caused rumors around the staff of this entire cruise ship because the stand-up comedy show, this comedian they fly in, his whole thing was about how people on cruises like this get to a point of no return, whinging craziness. And it was just bagging out the whole audience around how whingy you all are. It was hilarious. So this had manifested so strongly that all the staff were talking about how on this particular 12-month cruise, most of the people had becoming you know, nightmares to deal with, receiving overload. And so essential to spiritual health is gratitude, is thankfulness is balancing our focus on receiving on what we want and what God's doing and you know sometimes we focus on what he's not doing to balance that on what he has done and to be thankful for that. Ingratitude can be some of the deadliest sins. I want to just read this one. I have don't have this up on a slide, but in 2 Timothy 3 1 where it talks about that scripture about you know in the latter days in the end time there's a scripture of wisdom talking about warning of lifestyle becoming your God rather than God himself. And it talks here about, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful. I'll say ungrateful. Ungrateful. And it goes on with all these other things, without self-control, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. But particularly I want to highlight the ungrateful one there. Because ungratefulness is something that can cause us to become mentally unwell. It can negatively impact the health of our soul. Remember, when we talk about our soul, our soul is different to our spirit. The Bible says that when you become born again, when you ask Jesus Christ into your heart, that the Holy Spirit that was released when he broke the power of sin and death on the cross at Calvary and then ascended to heaven, that the Holy Spirit was released to actually partner with human beings to invite Jesus into the heart. The Holy Spirit comes into you and partners with your spirit as one and actually makes your spirit brand new. You become a brand new creation. So it means that the power of sin and death long term is broken. That curse over your life is broken because you now have the Holy Spirit that has reborn your spirit. You're a brand new creation. But it says that transformation still has to take place through the renewing of the mind. 
that just because you're born again doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to walk out the transformation plan that God has for you. And so when God, when the Bible says that transformation comes from the renewing of the mind, yes, there is salvation in our spirit. We're brand new. We're born again. We have eternal life now in heaven after we die. That's salvation. But the transformation of our life has to also take place in the soul realm. Everyone say soul realm. And our soul is different to our spirit. The Bible says the soul is our mind. Everyone say mind. Mind. Our emotions. Everyone say emotions. Emotions. And our will. Our will is our choice, our decisions, which then lead to our habits and create kind of key uh, behaviors that can either bring breakthrough or sometimes cause us to kind of go around in the wilderness for seasons. And so our soul realm is our mind, our emotions, and our will. And it's our soul that is made well, is made whole, like in the story of Jesus when it says, stand and rise, go, you are now made well, because you sowed a seed of thankfulness. Not only were you positioned to receive a breakthrough, to receive a blessing, to receive a miracle, but you responded by turning back to God and saying, thank you, God. I honor you for what you, what I've received from you. And Jesus says, that thing, that principle of your soul actually makes your soul well. And so it's an essential spiritual help because it says here that, you know, in 2 Timothy 3, 1 that I just read about, you know, the end times, the terrible times, that ingratitude or ungratefulness will directly impact your spiritual health. And so the Bible is encouraging us, even this teaching here this morning encourages us as we enter and we face 2020, let us be intentional about having moments, having times with God over the next little while of these next couple of days. Let's really be intentional about being thankful because then you go into a brand new season being well in your soul. So let's talk about now, a little bit more, I just want to read, uh, talk about this, kind of why this is important, just to uh, focus on this a little bit more. I've got my phone there, my phone's somewhere. Can I quickly grab it just so I'm keeping an eye on the time, if that's all right? Thank you. And so 1 Thessalonians 5.18, I think we've got that on the slide as well. Thank you. Good job. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, let's read this together. One, two, three. Be joyous always, pray continuously, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. God's will. It's God's will. So the first thing here, if we can move to the next slide, is it's the will of God to be thankful. It's the will of God to be thankful. It's part of his purpose and plan for you. As Jesus says, I want you to rise and go and be well, not just to be healed physically, but I want your whole being, your spirit, your soul, your body, which is all intertwined. That's who you are as a creation. I want there to be a sense of consistency of the breakthrough and the transformation that I bring into your life, that you walk out victory. And a key principle about that is being thankful as part of God's plan and purpose because that's how God's designed you. Do you know that God has designed you to operate more effectively when you're thankful? Amen. Let me say that again. 
God has designed you as part of his architecture creation of you as spirit, body, and mind, that you will operate more effectively when you are intentionally thankful. I've got to say one more time. Based on God's design of you, you will operate more effectively if you are intentional in being thankful. Amen. Based on his design. So it's the will of God. It's his plan and purpose. He will always encourage you to be thankful, to honor him, to honor others in your life that have helped to bring the blessings and the breakthrough. Even if you look at your life, the canvas of your life, the narrative of your life, even if you realistically, like all of us here, we can't look at the canvas of our life or the narrative of our life and go, oh, it's perfect. No, there's blemishes, there's roadblocks, there's tripping points, there's crossroads, there's question marks. Jesus never said that it would be easy. He always said, when the storms come, I'll be there, right there with you, to get through the storm and hang on. So the canvas of our life, just because the canvas of your life is imperfect, doesn't mean you can't find the opportunities for what you can be thankful for. And so it's the will of God. That is the basis of thankfulness, to remember that we got here with the help of God. And that he is the provider of every blessing we have. He is the provider of every blessing. Could you sit here and say, well, Brad, I don't have every blessing that I want in my life right now. Well, I would say, well, there's probably truth in that. But that doesn't mean that you can't count your blessings. You need to count your blessings. Mm -hmm. Rather than focusing on the blessings that you don't have, Focus intentionally, because it's the will of God, on the blessings that you do have, which actually in that moment will serve you to operate more effectively. You'll be more mentally stable with a sense of thought life. And therefore, as you then pursue the new things of God in your life, you'll probably operate more effectively in partnership with God's will, His word, His anointing, His power, to start to manifest the other things that God has for you. It's all connected. So first thing is, it's the will of God to be thankful. To be a thankful person reaps many benefits. The second key point I wanted to hone in on is it promotes honor. When you're thankful, number two, it promotes honor. In Psalm 50.23, um, we haven't got this scripture. I just want to read this today, but we can just focus on this, promotes honor. In Psalm 50, verse 23, it says, He who sacrifices thank offerings. Notice it says thank offerings. The Bible refers to praise offerings. There's all different types of offerings the Bible refers to. But the Bible here in Psalm is specifically, this scripture is talking about thank offerings. It's putting a very specific label on a particular type of offering. He who sacrifices thank offerings. Noticing it's highlighting here that to do a thankful offering, to be thankful, actually sometimes takes a sacrifice in you. Why? Because it means you have to deny your flesh, where sometimes you want to win to complain about how the next thing hasn't come yet, and you've still got your hand open going, God, when is it going to come? You need to sacrifice that fleshly temptation to be fixated on that, and you actually need to turn back to God and say, God, I am thankful for what you've done in 2019. I am thankful for how you've grown me in 2019. I'm thankful for the lessons that you've taught me in 2019. I'm thankful, God. It takes a sacrifice to offer a thanks offering. And so it says here, he 
whose sacrifices, thank offerings, honors me. And he prepares the way so that I may show him the salvation of God. And in verse 15 of the text, it says, He glorified God and was honored in return. Watch this. It not only promotes honor to God, when you honor God by intentionally thanking him, it means that God then honors you. What does honor mean? Holds you in highest esteem, a priority. Who here wants God to have you and your family as a priority in his focus and his heart? Come on now, put your hand up. Yes, there's no respect to a person. Yes, we're all equal. But when it comes to actually taking God's word and activating it by faith, the favor of God comes upon you. There is blessing and benefits that come when you walk out God's word. When you actually put the principles of God into place, you will be blessed. Does it mean that you're not saved if you have moments of unthankfulness? No. You're still you're not saved by your works. You're saved by your faith. But what's interesting here is we have to be awakened to the truth and the, the thing about it promotes honor. When you honor God by being thankful, he will honor you. He will make you a priority in his heart, in his focus. He will put you in high esteem in his thoughts. I know I want God to do that for me and my family. And so when I so first to be thankful and to honor my God, he will honor me. Number three, it promotes humility. In Deuteronomy 8, verses 11 and 14, again, let me just read this out here. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord who ate lots of Christmas. Who ate too much of Christmas? Yeah. Who ate too much the next day? Yeah. <laughs> Who's still eating too much? Yeah. Anyway, don't be ashamed. The grace of God is with you. Anyway. <laughs> but when you have eaten it and are satisfied, which means when you've received something, right? When you receive potato jams <laughs> on the cookies, <laughs> right? Praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, it goes on in Deuteronomy. Failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I'm giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large, and your silver and gold increase, and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. So this particular scripture here is giving us a healthy, wise warning. Be mindful that that doesn't become a habit in your heart where after you receive, you forget the Lord. You forget that it's his goodness that's brought you these things. To honor the Lord, it promotes humility. Now what's interesting about humility is humility is like a magnet that draws the Lord to you. It actually draws the Lord himself to you. Amen. Not just the presence of the Lord, not just the hand of favor, not just the anointing of God, your humility actually draws God himself towards you. So who here not only wants to be thankful, 
because it's the will of God. You not only want to be thankful because it promotes you honoring God and Him honoring you, but it promotes your posturing of humility, which draws God closer to you. Who would like to position a post himself like that before they enter a brand new decade? Come on now. And this is why the scriptures says, talk about it, James 4, 6. It says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So he loves it when we're thankful to him. He loves it because it positions us in the way that he finds most attractive. Have you ever wondered, you know when it comes to a special human being in your life, and to really love that person, you want to be a certain way? You know how there's different ways we can posture ourselves? Come on now. You think about the, the versatility of your personality, the way that you communicate. There are different things that you can do to adjust how you come across that can make yourself more palatable to the person that you love or less palatable. <laughs> who knows what I'm talking about? Yeah. Come on now, you can talk back to me. Who knows what I'm talking about? Did you know that you can adjust the way that you post yourself to your God that actually makes you more attractive to him? doesn't mean that he'll leave you or forsake you. doesn't mean that he'll love you any less, but he'll be more attracted relationally towards you when you intentionally posture yourself with humility. Because he opposes the proud and he's drawn to the humble. So all the above benefits of a thankful life can be summed up by saying that a person, can I ask the music team to come? Can I have uh, the, the whole team come if that's okay? All the above benefits of a thankful life can be summed up by saying that a person who is thankful to God ushers in the presence of God into and through their lives. Now, I want to finish with Psalms 100, chapter 1, verse 5, and it says this, a psalm of thanksgiving it's called. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name. For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endures to all generations. In this psalm, there are five key words. We don't have to repeat them. I think it's pretty obvious. They all refer to thanksgiving. Being thankful. Being intentional. Don't wait for the emotion or the feeling to want to be thankful. Because a lot of times, it won't come. Be intentional. Be proactive. Be, with, be forward focused and going... I'm not going to be thankful just because I feel like it. I'm going to be thankful because it's the will of God for my life. I'm going to be thankful because it promotes honor. I'm going to be thankful because it promotes humility. It brings wellness to your soul. Like a chiropractor to your skeleton. Like a physio to your muscles. 
like a dentist to your teeth. A spirit of thankfulness brings wellness to your soul. So what I want to do is we bring a close to this final service of this year. I want us to worship the Lord together as a congregation with this renewed revelation of being thankful. Be thankful. Let's worship God not just for this Sunday. Let's worship God with a thankfulness for this season, for a thankfulness. As you worship God, I want you to think about the things that He's done, the breakthroughs that He's brought, the answers that He's brought. Why don't we stand? Father, I thank you, Lord, for this final time for this house that we're going to worship together as a community for this year of 2019. And I thank you, Lord, that through this word that you have stirred up a spirit of thankfulness. And Lord, we're going to focus on worshiping you and praising you and being thankful. Lord, we thank you for 2019. We thank you, Lord, for the breakthroughs. We thank you, Lord, for the answers. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for the breakthroughs. We thank you, Lord, for the answers to prayer. We thank you, Lord, for the provision. We thank you, Lord, for the open doors. We thank you, Lord, for the relationships that went to a new level. We thank you, Lord, for the closed doors. We thank you, Lord, for the jobs, the tasks, the assignments. We thank you, Lord, when things went well. We thank you, Lord, also, God, when things didn't go well. We thank you, Lord, for your presence and your anointing. We thank you that your word sustained us. We thank you, Lord, that in the storms of life this year, you are still right there in the middle. You never left us, you never forsaked us. We thank you, Lord, that you made us wise. We thank you, Lord, for our faith inside of us. We thank you, Lord, that we're saved. We thank you, Lord, that we're moving into 2020 with you. And we thank you, Lord, that nothing is impossible with you. Lord, we are thankful as we worship you.